If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your free flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strictly Anonymous, follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you haven't subscribed to my show, subscribe to my show. You could, I'm on a network now on Riotcast.com, which is a fucking awesome network with like a lot of other really great podcasts. Um, you could go to Riotcast.com backslash anonymous and subscribe to my show there. Uh, or you could do it on iTunes or wherever you listen to my podcast and write a review. If you write a review on iTunes, I need reviews. I love reviews. Uh, good reviews, though. I think I just got a bad review, and some guy said I cut people off a lot. You know, what could I say? I think I do it. The, fu- the funniest thing about that fucking comment is, like, I used to do it a lot more. Like, I think I barely do it at all now. <laughs> so, sorry, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to improve anymore. Uh, I've improved a lot. Um, what else? If you want to be on my show, uh, I'm always looking for people to call in. I really would love to have more women. Uh, on my show, people write in all the time. Guys always are really interested in hearing uh, women talk about all the sex that they've had. <laughs> so if you're a, a, a girl, a female, and you're out there and you're listening to my show and you do like interesting, crazy, out of the box or sexual things, you know, write in. I'd love to have you on my show. People are like dying for those episodes. I don't get as many women as I do men, uh, just the way that it goes. But I know that there's women out there that are, you know, doing interesting things. And I'd love to have you on my show. When you call in, you're totally anonymous. Like, I don't even know the people that call into my show. I don't ask them their real names. I don't want their numbers. I don't ask them any information about themselves. They literally call in once. And uh, that's a done deal. So it's pretty safe to call in and talk about your shit. Because uh, everyone remains anonymous. Um, so send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Today I have on a girl, but I don't think this is like the podcast that, or the type of episode that guys are saying when they want women on. This is a girl, I mean, even though she does actually act out sexually, um, this is all about a girl who, uh, drinks a lot and I can't say that she's an addict. I mean, I do kind of say that on the podcast, but like, you know, it's not like she's claiming to totally have a problem it's not like she's ready to quit drinking it's not like she's 
at any sort of place in her life where she has a definite answer to things. She's young, you know, um, but she wanted to call in and she wanted to just like talk about her drinking. And uh, to me, it was obvious that she does have a problem with drinking. You decide for yourself when you listen to the stuff that she does when she drinks. Um, she's pretty much a little bit of a train wreck. And uh, I taped this episode a long time ago. And uh, I waited a really long time to air it because I wanted to give her time because I, I don't know, I felt like a little weird after the call because I felt like, you know, sort of showing someone the mirror uh, before they're ready is sometimes like maybe a little much. And I felt like uh, how honest I was with her about how I felt was maybe a little <laughs> much. But I do believe that what I said was true. And I think you'll probably agree with me when you hear everything. So I'm hoping that the time in the time that she's had to like sort of forget about what we talked about, she'll come back and listen to this episode and maybe... I don't know, maybe she's in a different place and uh, things that I say will ring more true to her or maybe make the light bulb go off for her because this is somebody that I really think should probably quit drinking and that would be really good for her. <laughs> but like I said, you listen and decide for yourself. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she doesn't have a problem. Um, she doesn't really cop to it either way. But uh, anyway, I don't know. You have to you have to listen to the whole thing. It's really interesting. Her name is Julie or Jamie or something with a J. And uh, I'm going to write back on with her. <laughs> Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well... Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, hey, Julie, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're on with Kathy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. So um, you emailed me, Julie, right? Because you had listened, you're a listener of the show, right? And you listened to an episode, Amber is a Total Drunk. I had two girls on recently, actually. And they were both like really young girls, like in their early 20s, who were, you know, mm -hmm. AA dr people, like people are trying to quit drinking, like they were, you know, drunks that quit drinking, but at a very early age. I mean, everybody that listens to my show knows I'm sober for a very long time. But I didn't quit till I was in my 30s. Yeah. But this is like, I don't know, maybe it's like a trend or something because you sent me an email after listening to that and you were like, hey, I'm like a, a young girl, just like I'm assuming because you said millennial, you know, you use that word millennial, like, and, you know, I have yeah, an issue with drinking too after you listen and you felt like you could maybe give some insight or, you know, talk on the subject again because maybe this is a common thing again uh, amongst people your age. I don't know. I mean, what's the deal with you? Well, and I think it. Yeah, I think it is becoming um, an issue, and just maybe not enough people are talking about it because there's sort of that fine line between oh, I'm in college and having a great time to I actually have a drinking problem, and I think people don't take it as seriously when you're just young and living your life. I guess. Mm -hmm. But what I wonder is, like, was that same thing going on when I was younger, and so many people were, and they're not, and maybe people your age are just sort of 
figuring it out and talking about it and like you know what you guys are all doing is like calling into my show and like you know facing it at a very young age because millennials are like more sort of self-aware or is it that more millennials are drunks than there were back in the day like that's what I'm trying to figure out you know what I mean yeah well I can't you know I can't speak to the previous generation but I think now we just have you know millennials have more of a platform to get our story out there um, right. Like maybe in the past it was, you know, every group had that, oh, that one drunk friend. But now when you can broadcast it to the world, a lot more people or, you know, notice that this is something going on. Right. But, and it's even like, I had three girls on my show and I remember like when I was like ready to quit drinking and facing the fact that, oh, I had an issue with alcohol. I was like horrified. Right. And I went to an A meeting like that was like the first thing I did because I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do, how I was going to quit. And I remember thinking it was just going to be all men there. Like I just had no sort because I knew a couple people that were my friends that had quit drinking, but they were all guys like I had never in my life at that point sort of had anybody like a woman that like I had no friends or anything. So it was like I, you know, for me, mm-hmm. I thought it, I was more of like the minority. It was like more men were drunk than women. But it turns out when I went to the AA meeting, there were so many women there and it was very, it was great yeah. for me. So obviously there are a lot of women, and, but like the only people that have called into my show as far as being alcoholics have been women and, and, you know, which is interesting, but I sometimes think, and this is mm-hmm. a little bit off topic because I want to get back to your personal story though. And, you know, that maybe it might be a little like a bigger problem, though, with millennials, because I do believe that um, this whole social media thing and the fact that like everyone's sort of connecting, but not really connecting. And they're much more you guys are much more Mm -hmm. isolated, even though it doesn't seem like you are compared to previous generations mm-hmm. just because of like the technology that like came about when you were being born <laughs> you know what I mean so I think yeah. there tends yeah. to be people that are more you know high on shit because people aren't are more depressed because people don't have like real interactions with people and a lot of that stuff that is very important to sort of being genuinely happy like deep down inside. I saw this really great, and like I said, this is very off topic and then we're going to get back to your story, but I saw this really great TED Talks. You know those TED Talk videos? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was one recently that somebody put out there and it was all about like, oh, the truth about alcoholism or like addiction and it was like a different take on it and basically like I listen I don't believe anything a hundred percent you know you take little things from different mm-hmm. things that people say and you put it all together and make up what yeah. you believe in right but this guy was talking about how he believes that addiction is really rooted in you know not having real connections with people you know and I really think that there's that is a big part of it you know what I'm saying because there is the like like they because in psychology they say like the only thing that really affects happiness which means makes it go up or down like makes you happier or less happy is your relationships the quality and quantity of your real Mm -hmm. relationships and relationships doesn't mean how many fucking friends you have on Facebook because that's not really friends you know it's like the (laughs) real people that you actually meet up with like that you talk to in real life you know what I mean and I think that your generation has less of that even though it feels like there's more so but let's get to your story yeah that's a really good point yeah (laughs) yeah it was a really good TED Talks I should I should tweet I'm gonna tweet it because it was like like I said I think a lot of different things go into addiction right 
Um, but I think that that mm-hmm. is, oh, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that like the sort of feeling of not being able to real have real intimacy in your relationships and stuff does sort of lead to it. But he said even more than that. And it was really interesting. So I'll send that link out. But like, so what's your deal? How old are you? By the way, uh, I'm 25 years old. Jamie, what are we calling you again? I forget your fake name. <laughs> Julie. <laughs> oh, Julie. I was close. Okay, Julie. Um, so Julie, I'm you? 25. You're 25. And so what's your story? Are you sober now? Like, what's your deal with alcohol? Like, how long have you... No, I, I am not sober now. Oh, you're not? Are no. you a drink? Do you think that you're an alcoholic? Speaking to you, yes. Speaking to the rest of the world, no. <laughs> well, you've only been speaking to me for like four minutes. So do you mean like when you listen to me talk to like these other people on, on the call and you're like, oh, I could kind of like relate or like just when you no, were emailing me? No, I just mean me? the whole anonymity thing. Oh, okay. What I, you mean what I just said? Yeah, well, yeah, like I'm, you know, anonymous here. So if I, if one of my good friends were to ask me, I would play it off and say, no, I'm fine. Oh, okay. You're but, so, so you're just honestly, um, that's what you mean. Like, honestly, yes, you do think yeah. you're, you're an alcoholic. Okay. So tell me your deal. So you're 25 and like, what makes you like, when, ha- when did you figure out that you were like, oh my God, I might actually have a problem with drinking. Like what was going down? Um, oh, it was definitely probably right after I finished um, college. Like, there was a lot of things that happened in college that were definitely signs um, towards it, but I had never really, you know, I kind of just played it off. I was in college and having fun. Um, But when that started to kind of carry over after I was done school into, like, my professional life and how I'm supposed to be, you know, a real functioning adult now and this was causing issues, I think that was one of the telltale signs that, you know, I had to really think about what was going on. Right, but what was going down in college that, like, you thought was like, oh, this is no big deal, I'm just having fun, but then it just sort of followed you outside of college. Like, what what were you doing? How were you um, acting out when you were drinking? Well, when I was drinking, I've I've started, like, blacking out, like, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was always my issue. So I, I remember one morning um, I woke up <laughs> and I was in this, like, this bed I had no idea where I was like this room was totally new to me I had no idea what was going on there was no one beside me so I had I had no idea where I was I could have been in a different city for all I knew mm-hmm. um and I ended up I ended up finding like a piece of mail on it to like figure out like what house I'm in oh and what God. address I'm in <laughs> and um I don't know like where the people were or anything so I just like called a cab and said you know here's my address and then I just went home after that so there was like a few instances like that um did you I ever get to let me ask you this never- I was a total blackout drinker you know and a lot of times like I mm-hmm. would be able to piece together stuff from like friends telling me what happened like in that scenario when you like wind up at this house right and you don't like first of all did you wind up naked or did you have clothes on um well I had I had underwear on so you were naked I mean that's pretty not that's not that's pretty naked well yeah (laughs) right did you get to piece together like did you get to piece together anything that happened like like by talking to your friends or anything yeah I figured I ended up figuring out like who it was that I had left with and like whose room it was and um I was able to piece that together but I it was all through like word of mouth I had no idea from like 
Right, but what did you do? Was it? I'm assuming it was a guy. Was it a guy that you left with? Like, who'd you leave with? Yeah, it was a guy. So I was at um, like the college bar, and I was with my friend. And I have a habit of when I'm drinking, I always like ditch my friends and you know run off somewhere, go to a different bar, and just kind of do my own thing. Uh Um, But my friend said that we were leaving, and like we were walking home together, and then this guy just started talking to us, and I was just like, "Sure, let's go to your house," type thing. Right. Yeah, you're like a Dateline episode waiting to happen. I just saw a Dateline about a, a woman that like <laughs> yeah. loved drunk. Like, yeah, you're. I mean, it's funny now because you're still alive. But um, yeah. So so yeah, obviously, but it's, yeah, it's it freaky. I know. I was a blackout drinker too, and like you said, it's like you know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it is kind of scary. I was always like, oh my god, I'm so glad because now I'm sober that I came out, and I'm always like, it's. I'm very lucky that I was never like raped or killed or robbed or any of those things. Because when you're blacking out, it is like you have no memory. Like nobody, people that don't black out don't really understand. It's like you just have a complete like no memory of what happened. Yet you're walking and talking and doing shit, you know? Exactly. It's almost like you're on like autopilot and, you know, to someone who's never like fully blacked out, they don't, they don't get that. They can't grasp that. But like no, to I me, know. like... It's totally like I'm chatting with people, you know, I'm ordering drinks, I'm having a great time, but like come morning, I have no idea what I did since like five o'clock. Yeah, people don't understand that there's a very big difference between people who black out and people who are completely wasted and can't handle their alcohol. Like some people could be, if they're not blackout drinkers and they drink too much, they're like stumbling and stirring their, slurring their words and puking and you could tell they're so fucked up, right? And maybe they're even a blackout too, I don't know. But people that are blacked out are not slurring their words they're not puking they're not stumbling drunk they're like exactly the same but somehow like we just fucking check out (laughs) and you were like not in your body you don't see anything you don't hear anything and and you'll know what i'm talking about like sometimes you have like little clips of the night but it feels like if you're like in a dark room and someone turns on a flashlight for like a second right and you see something and then it goes dark again like you have those moments right like the flash bowl moments but you're oh yeah no definitely i was like wait I remember a red sweater or like something right. like that. And exactly. that's about it. <laughs> it's literally like someone turned the lights for one second and turned it back on. And that's about it. So basically yeah. like, so that must have freaked you out. Cause you know, you're having like sex with people that you probably don't want to have sex with. Right. Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Definitely. <laughs> I did the same thing. So it's just like, you know, you just, the more you cop to it, the better. <laughs> I mean, it's not that. I mean, yeah, did that no, freak you sure. out? Did that freak you out? 
Um, I don't know. That's a hard one because I would say no because, you know, nothing, like, serious has happened. I never, like, contracted an STD or I never got pregnant or anything like that. Uh Um, But, yeah, no, it is scary to think, like, it could have been anyone. Like, I've, you know, obviously regretted a few ways but um I don't know that's just kind of the kind of drunk I am like I was always very overly friendly I would make out with everyone in the bar and just kind of I guess kind of be an easy target I guess to take home well especially because you say you like leave your friends and just go like random places by yourself do you do that when you're totally blacked out or is that a choice that you make when you're kind of like looped and just having fun and you're like oh I'm just gonna like you're adventurous and you just take off it's it's a mixture of both. Um, like sometimes I don't know. I guess I'm more ambunctious than my friends are, or I'm just you know want to make friends with everybody. I'm very social when I'm drinking, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they just kind of want to do their own thing, and I just like okay, bye. I'm gonna go do my thing. <laughs> Right. Well, alcoholics always think that they're just more fun than everybody else. I mean, for me, I was always like, just thought everyone yeah. was so boring. And I didn't realize that, no, the boring people were quote unquote, normal people. <laughs> and I was exactly, I had a problem yeah. with alcohol. That's why I couldn't like go home until six o'clock in the morning and was drinking everyone's drinks. So yeah, no, I, I understand that. And that's a big part of my thing, too. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's not so much that I'm drinking 24 hours, seven days a week. It's the first sip of alcohol I have, mm-hmm. I don't stop until there's nothing left. That's, yeah, spoken kind of like a issue. true person that has a problem, for sure. That's the problem. That's <laughs> what I always try to explain to people because, you know, some people mm-hmm. will say like, oh, like, why couldn't you just have like one drink or something? It's like, and I would be like, you don't understand. Like when I take one sip, like the minute I start drinking, mm-hmm. I, I it's like my brain takes over and I am like a different person. And it was like I took it to the end. There, The only place to end that was like in the bed, you know, blacked out, passed out, yeah. like and when there's no more alcohol being served, like, you know, at the last moment possible, like there was never any saying, oh, I'm kind of tired. I just don't want to drink anymore. I'm going to go home. Like there was no rational thinking. There, like there was like a switch, no. right? That turns off. And that's why I do exactly. think that there's like, it's a physical thing, but it's addiction too. And it's a problem. And that like some people, ju- I mean, that, that like when I first quit, it was basically like, there was a part of me, of course, that thought I had a problem, but I just, it was like a physical thing. I physically could not drink. Because what will happen to you if you continue to drink is what happened to me. I blacked out for years. I mean, I could, this is probably thousands of times I blacked out. But towards the end of me quitting, I would black out after like one drink. Like I could not not black out. Whereas like, you know, in the early days, I could party till six o'clock in the morning and not black out. You know what I mean? And I could drink a lot or I could drink till two o'clock in the morning and black out. This was to the point where I'd have one drink and I would black out. So I switched to like, instead of hard alcohol, because I always drank vodka and tequila, I would, I switched to beer and wine. And then that was my, it was like, I couldn't not black out. And like, what was the point? You know what I mean? I wanted to like be out all night and have a good time. But I was literally like would get like a, a 30 minutes and, you know, I would be blacked out. So it was like I had like yeah. physically no there was nothing I could do. Right. Like so I felt yeah. like at first it was a physical thing because physically my body didn't react properly to alcohol. You know what I mean? Your body doesn't mm-hmm. either. And I think blacking out. I don't know. We'll get more into this because I, I got to get your whole story like. 
I don't know. I think people that black out, it's a physical thing, yeah, but I think that there's emotional reasons why certain people tend to black out and other people don't. But like I said, that's like I have to ask you more questions to see if you fit into my, you know, you know listen, if you listen to it, like even two of my podcasts, you realize like I make scientific um, observations by like talking to two people and then I decide something. <laughs> so like yeah. my reason, you know, my reason Well, that's for, the thing too. I've, yeah, go on. Um, I've read, you know, different articles and, you know, different theories about the whole blacking out thing. And I've, I've heard a few different things and um, oh, it's really? a little both of psychological and just bio, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think personally for me, what I was going to, what I'll just say now is that I think that people that black out are people that um, early on in their life had something traumatic that happened to them that they probably checked out of their bodies because they didn't, couldn't deal with it. It was very traumatizing. So they developed that skill of just fucking checking out really early on. And so when you put alcohol in them and you take away all their sort of like uh, inhibitions and everything, it's like they check out again. Like, I just think it's some sort of like thing that you did when you were really little, maybe when trauma was happening to you that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, might be repressed. But, um, and so that's what happens to people. That's what I think personally, you know, it could be a factor for sure. Mm -hmm, for sure. So you, how many times, so when did you start drinking actually? Um, well, I had like a, my first few sips, I guess, like when I was like 13. Um, but I didn't start like drinking, drinking until about like 16, 17. Uh-huh. And so you've been blacking out from like the whole, the whole time and this whole thing of like waking up places that you don't know is like the thing that is like what, concerns you a little bit i know it doesn't concern you that you're just sleeping yeah. with random people maybe that'll change you know 10 years from now <laughs> but you know yeah <laughs> i mean right but like what is it, it like that you told me that one story right where you wound up blacking out and you wound up at somebody's house like so all most of your blackout yeah. stories i'm assuming were pretty like scary or like that made you sort of thought about like were you having these episodes all the time through college um, well, yeah, I've always been a blackout drinker. Like, ever since, like, high school, I've always, you know, not remembered part of the night or most of the night. Right. Uh -huh. um, so that's never, that's never really changed for me. I guess just the more serious actions started occurring, like, in college where I had, you know, a lot more freedom. I didn't have to go back to, you know, mom and dad's house. I was living yep. on campus, so no I had a lot more freedom that way. And right, uh-huh. Yeah, I definitely did a lot of drinking and driving. I ended up um, crashing my car, actually, so that was a big... Um, I took a break after that for a bit, but then went back to... Wait, wait, so, okay, wait a second. That happened in college? Did you get a D yeah. DUI? I'm assuming you got a DUI. I mean, like, you totaled your car drunk I in a blackout? I did not. I did not get a DUI only because... Um, Okay, so that, well, I have to tell the story kind of to explain it. Yeah. Um, so I had been drink I had been drinking, you know, all day, all night. It was four in the morning, and one of my buddies just wanted to like go back to my house. So I was like, sure, I'll drive. Um, I live in a really small town, so there's a lot of like back roads and things like that. Uh huh. Um, so when I was when I was driving home, uh, it was winter. I hit a patch of ice, and I ended up crashing into a ditch, and I was completely stuck. I couldn't move, couldn't do anything. You remember um, all of this? I was like, uh, well, no. Uh, from what I was told. <laughs> okay, so you were in a blackout. 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, it I kind of did like I guess sober up as people call it. Um, once I crashed because I had to you know figure shit out because I was potentially going to jail. Yeah. So I kind of um, came. I, what at I did that though point. was I called. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I called my ex boyfriend who had that big pickup truck and you know a wench and everything like that. So I called him and he came out at four in the morning and took me <laughs> so out of the ditch like before any your cops friend is in a ditch in your car. <laughs> and so <you're>, yeah, <laughs> he comes and he just pulls you out and like gets you home and everything so that you don't get busted. How could your car drive? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like the bumper was, the whole bumper was like kind of ripped off. Mm-hmm. So I just physically ripped it off on the side of the road and kept driving. Oh my God. Hilarious. Um, because one day but, you're going to yeah, be like, it, it you're going to have kids and you're going to be like, you know, raising them properly and everything. And you're just going to be like, oh my God, imagine they knew about all these stories that I did when I was younger. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like a mom was in a ditch and she lost her bumper. So she just threw it on the side of the road, drove home drunk, you know? I mean, it's just like the things yeah. we do when we're young are just kind of hilarious. I mean, they're yeah. wrong. They're wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't want to, but yeah. they're oh, yeah. kind of funny too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like there were people driving by, you know, like a few people pulled over, like, are you okay? Do you need help? Like, should we call someone? And I was, you know, terrified if they called a tow truck, they would obviously smell the booze on me. So I was like, no, like, I'm fine. A tow truck's coming. Tow truck's coming. Yeah, that and was And they're smart. all just kind of let mm-hmm. me go. And mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, I just got towed out. And then um, he was trying to take away my keys. Um, but I just kind of like fucked off and, and kept driving. Okay. And so you you made it home. Okay. And so how long did you stay off drinking after that? Um... Like two months, but that's a long time. <laughs> that's probably the longest I've ever gone. Right, right, right. That is a long time. I mean, you know, I mean, that's like, yeah. you know, for somebody that really likes to drink and party, you know, and were you in college at that time? Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, so that's really tough. I mean, for two weeks, you know, to, I mean, two months, not even two weeks. <laughs> two weeks would be long. Two, two months, months yeah. is a long time. And so how did, and how come you went back? And like, when that happened, though, was that like one of the first times? Like, when was the first time that you could remember that you were like, oh, maybe I have a problem with drinking, you know, that you thought about it? Um, well, I think when I was in high school, like I had, you know, a couple boyfriends throughout high school and. Um, every time I went out drinking, I would always cheat on them. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe that was a sign. <laughs> <laughs> and would you like fuck the other guys? Like how far would you take the cheating as far as like, like, were you like straight up having full on sex with other guys? Were you just making out with other guys in the bar? Like what were you doing when you were cheating on them? No, in, in high school, like high school, it was strictly blowjobs. So I would just blow everybody <laughs> pretty much. Um, just and, blow then, jobs. and then in college. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then college was more, you know, sex. So. so, and you would have these long term, right. And like, I get it because I've done stuff like that when I was drinking. And it's just like, you probably really loved your boyfriend, right? You probably, like, yeah. do you think that there was some subconscious reason why you were doing it? Or you were just completely like blacked out and you didn't know what was going on? Like, were you mad I at your I boyfriend? Was completely blacked out. 
No, I've never, ever cheated on anybody sober. Right. You, right. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, you but, wouldn't, you're not a cheater, but you've cheated because when you drink alcohol, like, because some people will be like, oh, you're like, alcohol brings out the truth and it's who you really are. And I think that that's total bullshit. I think for some people, yeah, especially no, people that have that a problem with alcohol, it makes them do things that they are not really who they are. And that's like the worst part of it you know and that's why I say like you say oh I don't care that I sleep with like guys that I don't even know like I I know you say that now but at some point if you ever really clean your act up you will kind of be like you know what like that was fucked up too because you were doing things to yourself that like the the real part of you probably didn't want any part of you know what I mean like and it's something that you wouldn't really do maybe you're not even that promiscuous like if you weren't sort of not drinking you know and alcohol is just allowing you to be you know like allowing you to act out and do things that are not nice to yourself you know what I mean more so than to anybody yeah you know, let alone your boyfriends. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that, like, that's why I asked that question because I think people would think like, oh, maybe you were trying to get back or you're being revengeful. But I think when you're a blackout drinker and you have problems with alcohol, it could be you're totally in love with your boyfriend, everything's totally fine. And you're literally just doing mm-hmm. these really horrible things that are basically like, could ruin your life, right? And that's how you yeah. really know oh, yeah, you no, have a problem. Exactly right, without thinking of the consequences yeah. because you just need to drink and you need to just check out, you know. And would your boyfriend friends find out or like how would you know that you cheated on them if you were like blacking out like how'd they find out um well some there's always someone around type thing Mm -hmm. um and like I said I used to like just make out with everybody at the bar Uh uh-huh and when you say everybody was it guys and girls Um, just like anybody yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah guys girls didn't matter right uh so it would always get back somehow. Um, I did have a few like long distance boyfriends where like they never found out, but I just broke it off because you know I didn't want to. They don't deserve that, I guess. I was smart enough to realize, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, sometimes I would tell them. Sometimes they would just find out. Um, I had one really long term boyfriend. It was almost four years, and uh, he stuck with me through a few different. Um, cheating scenarios I guess and uh in the end you know I just couldn't take it anymore I guess so so you've been blacking out you've been thinking like maybe you have a problem but since like the car crashed you haven't quit or done anything about it and how come like if you think that you have an issue well I wouldn't say I haven't done anything <laughs> um I, I have gone to meetings on several different occasions um mm-hmm. my mom is a recovering addict so I was very familiar with um, you know, NA, NAA. So I uh-huh. kind of knew what to expect going into it. Uh-huh. Um, so I did that for a bit, but never like really never got a sponsor or anything like that. And just uh-huh. kind of, I don't know, just kind of justified it to myself that, oh, like, you know, you, I'm okay. Like, it's not that bad, I totally. guess. Totally. Uh-huh. Um, when was the first time that you went to, to your like, first meeting? And like, who did you, I mean, have you... This whole thing that you think that you have a problem sometimes, like you feel that way and you go to an AA meeting and you've like, you know, like, have you, mm-hmm. does, does there, are there a couple of people in your life that know about this whole thing that you're honest about it and they know that you've gone to meetings and tried to quit? And yeah, there's a, a few. I would say I go at least a couple times every year. Just, you know, I'll, I'll hit a point where I'm like, okay, like this time, you know, you've messed up. So I would go and then 
you know, a couple days would pass and I'd kind of be like, oh, like, it's really not that bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get into that cycle. Of course, um, yeah. The first time I think I was, the first time I think I was 18 when I went to my first meeting. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it was like, you know, like I said, I've, I'm familiar with the program, so I knew what to expect, but they require a lot of work. Like you have to work the program for it to help. And at that point, I just wasn't willing to do that. Yeah, no, I know. And it, it's, is, it is hard, but this is the thing. There were a lot of things in AA and a lot of meetings I went to that really helped me and turned the light bulb off you know, on for me and taught me certain things, but, and I read some books, but I never worked the program like they said I should. And I'm sober 14, maybe 15 years at this point. I don't even know. It's like hard to keep track, you know, and have been a successful at being sober without totally doing the program like they did. Because for me, it was overwhelming. It was hard enough being sober and dealing with all the stuff, you know, and then on top of it to have to go to a meeting every single day and do like what they wanted me to do every single day. So I just think that there are other ways, though. I do think that it was good to go to meetings and sort of listen to other people and hear their stories. So you know that you're not alone. You know what I mean? And you can really, and there was, like I said, there was a couple of meetings I would go to and somebody would say something or they'd tell a story and it would totally like ring true for me or I would learn something and it would be like, oh, that was like amazing, you know? But it wasn't going to be like the rest of my life. Like I'm so into it. And I know that, and I think some people need that and it's good for them. Uh, For me, I didn't and that was fine. And I think it's different personality types, you know, it works for as opposed to other people, maybe it wouldn't work for. So I think that that's okay that you just go a couple times a year. Maybe if you need to quit, you'll do it a different way or maybe do it a little bit moderate. You know, I don't know. Though I do believe people will think that's terrible for me to say, but, you know, I'm saying through experience. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not, it's not for everybody, and I know that. I've seen the programs, you know, do wonders for people, and I've seen people who have, you know, just done it on their own. So Mm -hmm. there's, it just depends on who you are and how you're willing to uh, go about it. Right. But you're obviously still, you're still drinking, right? You're still yeah. blacking out, right? Are you in a relationship right now? Yeah. Right now, yes. Okay, and have you cheated on this boyfriend? Do you have boyfriends, girlfriends? Like, do you fool girls. around with girls too? Like, what's your deal? <laughs> I, I've only ever had boyfriends, um, but I'll hook up with girls. I've never actually dated a girl. Right, okay. Um, and for, for my current one, I've, I've made out with a couple girls, but to him, that's, you know, just girls being girls so like it's fine he doesn't see it as cheating but um I don't know people would say differently so it's I don't know (laughs) well how do you feel about it well I think I think it's still cheating because even even though I'm not having sex with them I'm still you know physically attracted to this person and you know violating that um and are you doing know, it in front of him or behind his back? No, never in front of him, no. Right. So it is like you're just getting smashed. And like maybe if there's a guy one time, it'll be with a guy, right? It's just like he thinks it's girls, so it's hot. And he probably just thinks like, you know, but he doesn't realize that if there was a guy there, you'd probably be doing the same thing, <laughs> right? I mean, eventually. Yeah, that could be it, yeah. You're going to cross. How long you been dating this boyfriend for? Um, It's been under a year. Right. And, I, I you know, I that's think like seven months. 
that's the problem when you're like an alcoholic or an addict. This is like a sabotage is just like, you know, your MO. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you just sabotage, yeah. especially relationships. They go to shit all the time yeah. through sabotage. Right? Mm-hmm. For sure. And does he find out Yeah, if it's not What? Sorry? No, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say if it's if it's not cheating that has ruined my like dating experiences at the drinking, so it's one or the other. <laughs> but how has the drinking ruined your relationships? Well, just the fact that sometimes, like, I can't just sit at home and watch a movie together. Like, I have to drink two gallons of wine or, you know, like a two-six of vodka or something and just kind of always be looking for that or I can't stop and I want to party till three in the morning and that's just not what they're into. Yeah, totally. And now, now I, okay. So like if you're in college and like you can't sit home and like, like you said, it's totally like, oh, everyone just seems to be having a good time and it's a party atmosphere. Who cares? So now that you're out in the real world and what do you do for a living? Um, so well, I won't say the industry, but, um, you work in an office I or do, something? Yeah. Yeah. So I work in an office. Basically I just, um, I draft contracts all day. So, uh-huh. um, it's a lot harder to drink at work because I have to actually be able to read what I'm writing. Um, so this job is fairly new and it's, it's slowed me down during the day. That's for sure. But you know, come five o'clock the bottle opens. So before though, at your old job or other jobs you have dr- like, it's like you have been drinking oh, at yeah. work. Yeah. Like what kind of gigs yeah, exactly. that you had before and how would you drink at work? Would you go in your car um, like Amber? <laughs> Well, Amber's no, my other I'm podcast. Really fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I live um I live pretty close to where I've always worked. I've just kind of lucked out that way. So I would walk a lot. Um and it was either like serving or one time I had like uh it was a night cleaning job. Mm-hmm. So I would get I would get wrecked on like night shifts and just come home absolutely wasted and not even remember like did I even do my job? Like did people notice that I was you know, wasted or, um, a lot of things like that. I have, you know, gotten a few warnings from, uh, employers. And I think, um, you mentioned this, I believe with Amber, that if your bosses love you, you can kind of get away with anything. Yeah. Um, that, no, that's very true because I'm just naturally kind of bubbly. Um, so they didn't really see a huge difference, but once they noticed, okay, maybe she is drinking, we're just going to give her a couple warnings and you yeah. know, nothing happened. I'll so, say it again. Nothing. Like I've never. Yeah, no, it's very true. Like if you ever been fired from a job, it's yeah. personal. Like they'll be like, it's not personal, but like it's yeah. personal. They don't like you. And it's not because you're late or you were drunk at work or you don't do a good job. It's because they don't fucking like you. <laughs> well, yeah. And like a lot of the times I would be stealing, you know, the alcohol from said job and they would find out. And still, I wouldn't get fired. Yeah, Amber was smashed at her job, right? And totally loaded. Yeah. And she worked in like a grocery store and they still kept her because they liked her. That's the way That's the way that it goes. Yeah. Um, so that's you true. haven't been fired from any jobs. but And so like besides the affecting, I mean, it's been affecting your relationships. You're in a new relationship now, right? You're in a new job and it slowed you down. But yeah. like the minute that you get out of work, like where do you go? Like what's a typical day for you as far as alcohol is concerned? And I know you don't drink every day, but um, like a drink day so now that like I'm not in college I I moved to a new city um 
I don't really have that many friends. I have like a couple friends from work, um, my current boyfriend. So usually now I just like I'll work, um, I'll stop at the liquor store on my way home, and then I go home and just drink by myself. But that's I'm okay with that because at least I'm not getting into trouble that way, and I can wake up at home and go to work the next morning. So I've kind of kind of stuck to that for a while. Like I will go out the occasional time with like coworkers, and you know I would keep it tame while I'm with them, but stop at the liquor store on my way home and just drink more for the rest of the night by myself. Right, right. You're so living that's like kind a of what life. a tip. Yeah, that's kind of what my typical day is, drinking day is now. Right. And you're okay with it when you say you're okay with it, meaning like, not that you you see it as a problem, but like you're okay with it because you're, you're, you're not doing like, you're not being reckless. Like, because it isn't normal to be sitting at home, like guzzling bottles of wine by yourself, right? Like, so when you say you're okay with it, what does that mean? Well, yeah, I guess like, you say that's not normal, but that, that's so normal to me. Like that's a that's a Wednesday night to me, right? So but you, but that is totally right. Like at your age, for yeah. your like like it's totally not what like a regular person who likes to have a couple drinks and party and have fun. It's is totally not yeah. that what people are doing. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a total sign that you yeah. have a problem. How much do you drink on those days when you're home? Um. Two bottles of wine and then some shots usually. Yeah, by yourself. By yourself. Woohoo! I mean, like, who's drinking? Yeah. What's the fucking point? That's the whole reason. Like, that's that's why you really know that you have a problem because, you know, most people drink because it's a social thing. I like the feeling, I guess. Well, duh. Yeah, but you like to not be in reality. (laughs) I mean, come on, let's face facts, okay? You like to, that feeling of being looped more than you like the feeling of being present in real life. And I get that. I told you, like, I've said this before on my podcast, actually, like when I quit drinking the first year of being sober, I was exhausted because I wasn't used to living in reality. Living in reality is exhausting. I mean, I never brushed my teeth or took my makeup off every night. Like I was fucking drunk, like, you know, doing all that stuff all the time and taking care of everything like a normal person is exhausting. And that's what you don't realize because you're not doing half those things because you're just you know, checked out most of the time, you know? So like what you like is to be, you know, sort of drunk, right? That feeling that you get because it feels really great, but it's obviously there's something like that, you know, you're escaping from because, you know, sitting home alone at night, like why can't you just, you know, sort of do, do that? Not even with your boyfriend, you know, like and a lot of times, you know, you would think that would be fulfilling. You know what I mean? That would fill you up a little bit more that you don't have to be sort of chasing the dragon, right? That's what I call it. You're like chasing the dragon all the time. You know, and you need two Mm -hmm. bottles of wine and some shots. And I know that that's normal for you, but on some level, you have to know that that is a, you know, a serious thing that most people that most of your friends don't do that. Right. And that's abnormal that you do that. Right. And that that's a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I do. Like, I do understand that, but you know, again, if, if I'm not, I know I'm hurting myself obviously and my body and everything, but if, if I'm just drinking at home and I'm not, you know, drinking and driving and I can still get up for work and go to work 
I don't really see like why it's um, like why I have to quit it, I guess is kind of where I'm at at this point is, you know, I'm, I'm functioning, I guess. So that's good enough for me right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've been able to right right now because of your job, right? During the day, you can't drink because like mm-hmm. you said, you have to like draft contracts and everything. Like I, I'm sure like a year from now, if you're still at this job, like eventually you will drink at that job and you'll fuck that shit up. Like you just will like that will, that's what will happen. Like you won't be able to keep it together yeah. as much as you think you'll be able to. And as functioning as you are eventually, like you'll, become dysfunctional because you're not like you know that's what happens and you'll hit a bottom hopefully for your sake you will hit a bottom because I think that that's like the greatest thing that could happen to anybody who has a problem with any kind of addiction you know um and everyone's bottom is different you know um it I think many people have seen friends of theirs or mates or partners of theirs you hit what they would think would be a bottom for anybody and it's not like they still don't quit you know what I mean like it's like people could go through really hard things sabotage lose everything suffer massive consequences because of drugs or alcohol and they still don't quit because um you know the the addiction is a very powerful thing you know and what's on the other side of your drinking is you know really difficult you sort of quitting and like what I've always said like you know quitting is not that it's the easy thing but that's just like you're just it's it's black and white like you just don't drink right like you use a drink now you just don't drink so you just don't drink alcohol but like what becomes really difficult is like you know all the things that come up and all the things that you have to deal with and all the stuff that you have to work on in yourself you know and those are all the things that you're hiding by drinking there's a reason why you drink that much you're not you know you have like issues that you're sort of not dealing with and so the minute you ever quit any of that stuff you'd have to deal with all that stuff and that's very difficult but that's the stuff that you know uh you have to work on that would change your life and make you a better person it's like really good to face that stuff but like I'm never one like because like nobody would have ever been able to tell me to quit drinking right you're the one that's eventually yeah. going to have to make that choice. You know, you, I hear two different things from you, but that's very normal with addicts. Like, cause like some part of you, like when Googling and found my podcast and you listening to Amber is an alcoholic, some part of you sent me an email and said, you want to be on my show. You did say that you believe you're an alcoholic, you know, but yet there's this yeah. other part of you that says like, you think it's, you know, okay that you drink and you don't even see that as a problem, you know? So it's just like, yeah, you're probably not totally ready to quit drinking, <laughs> but you know, so you're in no, like an I interesting place. Yeah, like, yeah I, have, I have my good days and I have my bad days. Like, you know, a good day is where, well, to me is where I think, okay, I'm fine. Everything's great. And then I'll have my bad days where, you know, usually ends up at a meeting where I'm just, you know, everything just kind of hits me and I'm like what am I doing? But then a couple of days will pass and I'll get over it. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm definitely, am in a weird place right now and I feel like I can't be the only one, I guess. So no, let me ask you this. When you wrote me your email, what kind of a day was it? Was it a good day or a bad day? When I first wrote you, I was, 
I was really drunk when I first wrote you. Oh, you did? And were you listening to my podcast? Like, did you go, like, how did you find Amber as an alcoholic? Were you just listening to my podcast regularly, like a regular person? Or like, did you go Googling for like stuff about like alcoholics and stuff and then find? No, I I listen to your podcast all the time. I listen to it like when I walk to work and when I walk home. Oh, okay, Uh, cool. And then you stumbled upon Amber as the alcoholic. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it was just like the next on my list to listen to. So I listened to that and I was like, I don't know, just thought it would be a good idea to email you. And then I kind of forgot until you replied. And I was like, Oh yeah, I said I would do that. Yeah, no. And I know, I mean, cause it's just like, like I always say on my show, like I talk to all kinds of people, people that need advice, people that like just want to talk about their interesting lives. And like for you, it's just not like I'd, I'm going to shove my opinions about like, why you should quit or what quitting will because like I, you probably listen to my other yeah. shows that I talk and so I, I, I gave that same I would give the same spiel you know how it affected me and what yeah. I think about quitting and everything but like you're not at that place right now so what would you say because I know like in your email you're like I could like I know maybe what millennials are going through or whatever like because if you're not calling in to sort of sort I don't know like like, you know, to, to get advice of how to quit, right? And you're happy, like, you know you have a problem, but you're not ready to quit. Like, what would you want to talk yeah. about on the show? I don't know. I guess I really had no end game. Like, I hadn't, I don't know what I want to come of this conversation, but um, I figured maybe if I'm, a, I've never been this honest to anyone before. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I actually kind of talked it out maybe it would help me maybe it would help someone else I don't know yeah maybe um, when you listen know, back really... to it it'll help you sometimes some, you have to be outside yeah, of yourself like... I wished I remember thinking to myself because there were so many times I had blackout crazy moments where I did insane things that my friends would tell me about and I would just, you know, I thought to myself, like, God, if anybody ever videotaped me, because back when I was a drunk, like, there was, like, if you wanted to videotape somebody drinking, like, you'd have to bring out, like, this big contraption, you know what I mean? Nowadays, like, have you ever yeah. seen yourself in action in a blackout? Like, has anyone ever videotaped you? Have you ever seen yourself? Well, one of the like running jokes in my group is they always want to put like a go- GoPro on me. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, to yeah. See what an average night. Yeah, they always joke about that. Oh, I wish you she had a GoPro. Do it. I wish she had a GoPro because. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I don't know. Maybe I will one day. But they, I just get into these crazy situations. They don't understand how that even happens. So I've always kind of wanted to do it just to see like how does that happen? Because I fucking don't remember. So, I don't know. I've seen video clips here and there, um, but it, it's, I don't know, it's what we went back to before where I'm blackout, but I'm not stumbling, I'm not puking, I'm, you know, I can have a conversation with you and be totally out of my mind. Mm-hmm. So, right. it's, it's kind of hard to judge it on a video, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, you're just going to have to have keep having, like... You're, you know, these waking up, not knowing where you are, sleeping with people that you don't know who they are. And like, you're like, I'm okay now because I've never, I don't, it doesn't really bother me that I do that because I never had an STD and everything. But like, you're still drinking. I could say 
I'm fine be- and like it never happened to me and I know that none of those things will ever happen to me because I don't drink anymore. So I know that I'm safe and I'm not going to do that yeah. kind of stuff anymore. But you're still drinking and you're still blacking out. So any of those things, being raped, getting an STD, being killed, I'm like I said, you're like a fucking episode of Dateline waiting to happen. The fact that you leave your friends and you go home with strange men that you don't know. Like, I mean, y- you could yeah. really honestly seriously be killed and so you know or raped impregnated like herpes you know like you don't even because you're not probably not having safe sex when you're screwing these people you know you could be killed (laughs) in a car okay you could you know so all these things could Mm -hmm. still happen to you right absolutely there's a chance because you still drink and you still black out um, I always felt like if I saw myself, maybe, I, but maybe you're right. Like maybe if I saw clips, it would just, I just seemed normal. You know, you're not going to do a clip of yourself like, you know, in someone's house screwing some, t- a total stranger that you don't even know, you know? Um, yeah. I know for me towards the end, like that kind of stuff freaked me out that I was like sleeping with people that I didn't it was always I was always with people that I knew, which was actually worse because there would be like friends that I just like really didn't like, and I'd be wake up and they'd be there like yeah. looking at me like they really liked me, and I'd be like, "Get the fuck out of my house!" Yeah. Like, you, you, same thing happened to you. Um, a little of both. Um, right. It was more more so randoms, though, um, just because, like I said, I would just go off and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also went to a small college, so kind of everybody knew somebody by association. So there were things like that. And I have had, um, you know, I would just randomly hook up with someone, and then suddenly they want to, like, date me or something, and then it's like, no, like, sorry, you don't get it. I don't even know what happened, but it's hard to say that, I guess, to them because then they think they did something wrong. And like, it's, I find I'm the one who's doing something wrong, not them. So it's, it's a fine line, I guess, to kind of deal with those situations afterwards, which is kind of why I think I like to stay at home more because then I don't have to deal with shit like that. Right. But, you know, eventually you're going to go back out. I mean, how long can you stay home? I mean, I I don't know. You're 25 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, I know it's gonna come. I just. I don't Let me know. ask when, you when, this: when Your mom's moment, an addict, right? What about like? Is your father involved in your life? Oh yeah, yeah. My my. We actually grew up with my dad. Um, when my mom was, or sorry, when I was maybe ten, um, my mom had left for rehab, and she just you know, never moved back into the house. Like I've always had a relationship with her, but, um, she never raised us. It was all my dad. Oh, Um, interesting. So my dad, you know, do you remember when you were really little, like seeing your mom, like what was your mom's, like, was she an alcoholic or what was her deal as far as addiction? No, she was, she was a drug addict and she would, um, she always said like her drug of choice was anything she could get her hands on. And that's kind of how it was, especially in a small town. Uh Um, It's just kind of whatever is cycling around at that point. So she went through a whole bunch of different phases and it was just, she was just addicted to, you know, a high, I guess, not so much a drug. Yeah. Um, But she, she went and, you know, went into rehab and then went through NA and she's been clean and sober ever since, but she just never got custody of us after that. So it's Mm -hmm. always just been with my dad. 
how hardcore did the drugs get with her? Like, did she do heroin and shit like that? Or was it more like pills? Like, what, yes. Yeah? Um, well, it was a lot of Coke, um, some heroin. I think that was near the end was heroin um, before she got help. Um, also crack for a while as well. Um, but I, w- I was, she hit it pretty well, I guess, from us because we were still young. I have siblings as well, but we were pretty young. Um, and she would, she was a server, so she, her coming home late was nothing new. Uh-huh. Um, but it just started once, once, uh, you know, my dad had to clean up puke first thing in the morning or, you know, we started seeing things like that. And that kind of is where we realized that something was wrong. Right. And so, but do you remember like one day, so if you're not like old enough to really know that there's, your mom has a serious problem, was it like, like, how did you deal with the fact that like one day your mom just wasn't there? Um, well, they they did it kind of fucked up actually. So they, my mom said that she was going to help her friend move like out of town. Uh And I guess that was their way of like protecting us. And then after a few weeks, she never came home. We started asking like, you know, where's mom? Why can't we see her? Like what's going on? And then um, my dad kind of just like sat us down and explained that, you know, mom was ill. She was sick and she was in a hospital right now. And then um, it wasn't until maybe a couple years later where I actually fully grasped that she was a drug addict. And um, she does have chronic depression as well. So my dad just kind of played off that and kind of just kept it to that. When he said she was um, sick, did he life, explain that it was like mental or at, like at that age, You did, did you think, oh, my God, like... Is she physically sick? Well, it, he would kind of do both. Like, some, sometimes, like, if she was sick, it was just, oh, she had the flu or she ate something bad. Um, but when she would be on the... <laughs> when she was on the couch for days at a time, then she was depressed. No, so... no, I'm talking about when your dad told you. First, your mom leaves, and they tell you he tells you that she's going to help oh, someone yeah. move. And then after a couple of weeks, he says your mother's sick, and she's, uh, you know, in the hospital. Like, did, did you think she was, like, physically sick? Oh, no, sorry, no. I, he he always said it was depression. Like, she was really sad, you know, and she needed help to be happy again is how he explained it when we were at that age. Yeah, that's so hard to even fucking grasp. Like, you're 10 years old. What grade is that? I think it was, I think it was the summer before grade four, I believe. Right. So you're just too young to really understand anything except that you're, like, massively being abandoned. And that's, like, that's really hard. That's really horrifying. How, do you have older brothers or sisters? Or, like, where are you and, you know, your sibling? Um, I'm... I'm the middle, so I have an older sister and a younger brother, both three years apart. And what's their deal? Uh, like, where are they now in life? Yeah, like, do you know if they have any issues because of, like, shit that went down when you were younger? Because that kind of stuff definitely affects you. I'm sorry. Like, there's no way that yeah. that doesn't. And it's just like, you know, your father was, it's not to say, like, listen, people aren't perfect. Human beings are flawed. That's just the way that it is, you know? So I just think yeah. how you're, they handled it, they probably just didn't know what the fuck to do. And they just handled it really wrong, right? But, like, really wrong yeah. to little kids in formative years years is really bad for like your life you know what I mean like it really affects you I'm sure yeah. your father didn't mean to fuck things up like that by doing you said you know he probably thought that was the best way to do it but I would assume that that's like really yeah. damaging on certain levels because you just don't understand what's going on yet you know something's going on you know and for how many weeks 
your mom's just yeah. not around and you're not even being told why she's not around. It's like devastating. Yeah. And I think I, I was at that age where, you know, I, and that was it. I, I knew something, but I didn't know what, um, my yeah. younger brother, he was too young to even really know what was going on. He's kind of, he doesn't even remember like my mom ever living at our house. Uh-huh. So he's fine in that aspect. And then my sister, she was around 13. So she acted out, you know, as a teenager, but she's, you know, very successful now. Um, she, I don't know, fell into religion. She's married to a pastor and, you know, they, you know, have a happy, successful life. But, um, you know, your age was really difficult because like you said, you kind of knew something was going on, but you didn't really know, you know, and I think that that's like a really fucked up place to be, you know, and when you're that age, you know, and what does that do to you? I don't know. I'm not a psychologist or whatever, but there's, have you ever been in therapy for that kind of, that thing? Yeah. When, um, when I was a teenager, I was for, well, I still, I still have a therapist. Um, I just don't go that often anymore, but when I was, you know, all through my teen years, I saw a therapist. Right. And because of like, because you were acting out or because like, why did you start to see a therapist in your teenagers? Well, the first, um, once like my mom, you know, finished rehab and my parents decided they weren't going to stay together. They kind of thought it was a good idea just to put all three kids in therapy, just to talk to someone if mm-hmm. we wanted to. Um, but I was the one, my siblings did it for about a year and then. I don't know, felt they didn't need it or didn't want it, but I kind of liked it, I guess, or maybe they thought I should still be in it. It was probably a combination, but I kept it for years just because I was going through shit. Um, I had a lot of it, even though like my mom was the addict, I kind of resented my dad for a long time because to me, you were married, you know, till death do you part, sickness and health, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of always thought my dad like gave up on my mom and he didn't try hard enough, but like... Yeah, I've had conversations with both of them now, and I know, you know, both sides of the story and what really happened. So as an adult, you know, like me and my dad have a very good relationship now, but growing up, I wanted nothing to do with him. I thought, you know, he was the bad guy in the situation, I guess. Yeah. See, and that's really sad, too, because you really believe that to be true because you were just so young and did, how are you supposed to know like the real story because it wasn't explained to you or and even yeah. know about addiction you know when it's somebody's an addict there's nothing there's you can't try hard enough like it just that doesn't even exist you know um and then to have yeah. all that time to have that really broken sort of relationship with your father because you didn't really understand you know is even more devastating because yeah. at one point in your life you lost your mother you know, physically and in other ways too, because she left your house. And then at another point, you, you know, you lost your father, you know, and it's great that, like you say, you're an adult now and you're have good relationships, but that damage that was done before, you know, is what is affecting you now. And that damage is what needs to be worked on. And in that damage, you're never going to be able to touch that and fix that while you're drinking. You would have to put everything down and focus on that to fix it. And that'll eventually, hopefully, happen for you. Because if not, I really believe, unfortunately, that you'll never be 100% who you can be 
if you continue to just drink and just check out. You know what I mean? You're just not, you're never going to have as much as you should and could have in your life, you know, and that's the truth. And hopefully, you know, at some point before anything really bad happens to you, you'll have a bottom and maybe you'll, you know, decide for good that you'll quit and you will get to the point where you could, you know, sort of wor- work on all this stuff that happened to you and really go to that place inside of you because that's why you're doing all the stuff that you are acting out. You know, and you are acting out sexually too. To be sleeping with people all the time and stuff and just doing things like that to yourself, it's... um there's something about like you not feeling good about yourself, you know, and, and that you need to work on and Mm -hmm. you're never going to like get there while you're drinking. That's why you're drinking. So you don't have to sort of do all that stuff, (laughs) but I'm telling you, like if you really do it, if if you did it, the sooner you do it, the sooner you, you know, the, the sooner you could have a much better life and be a much happier person and live the rest of your life. I mean, I got sober when I was 34, you know, and uh, yeah. it changed my life a hundred percent more than anything. It, it you know, um, but I had a bottom. I did not go like logically. Like you're not gonna. I don't like this. It's not the fucking movies. Like you're not gonna get off the phone with me no matter what I say and be like, oh my god, I'm gonna quit drinking. Like that. Like that's the right thing to do. I have yeah. a problem. I'm. I should quit. Like it just doesn't happen that way. Unfortunately, like you know, something. Unfortunately, yeah. you have to have a bottom. And I don't know what that's going to be for you. I just always hope for people that I know, you know, that it's not something, you know, really that devastating because bottoms come in, you know, all different shapes and sizes, you know. I mean, that, you know, you crash into a tree once, like you could crash and kill people. You could crash and kill yourself, you know. There's all kinds yeah. of things. Hopefully it'll just be herpes or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be something. Yeah. I just hope it's not something like really bad, you know. May- and maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe yeah. it's not like some people, maybe some people do decide to quit without a bottom. I don't know. It just didn't happen that way for me. Like, you know, it was actually a really yeah. terrible feeling to be in that place. And it didn't feel like any kind of like I wasn't, it wasn't a logical decision. You know what I mean? Um. So I just hope that, you know, maybe you listen to this podcast and you listen to some of the things that you said and some of the things that you did. I once had a friend that came to me and was like, she was like puking over, and I don't know if I've said this on another podcast, but she was like, I had already quit drinking and she thought maybe she had a problem. She was kind of like you, but she didn't really think she had a problem. And she was like, came into work one day and she's like, oh yeah, I was puking on the subway, like over the tracks, like before the train came. And I'm just like, oh, like who's like... What kind of women, like, is there any woman that, like, you admire? And I, I, I don't remember who she said, like, was a woman that she admired. Let's just say it was, like, Oprah. I'm like, so can you picture, like, Oprah, like, on her way to work, like, you know, like, puking, like, and do it, like, you know, like, put you, like, and if, and she started to laugh just like you did. You realize, like, oh, my God, like, yeah. right, like, that's not what together fucking people do. Do you know what I mean? When you listen to the things that... You say and do the things that you do. Think of somebody who you admire and respect that's successful in your life and think, would they do what you do and admit it? Like, is that how they live their life? Probably not, you know, because it's not what healthy people, secure people do. And it's, listen, there's no, 
it's not like there's so many people that are damaged and broken. I feel like it's a part of like being alive. Like we have to get somewhat fucked up, right? And like work on our shit. Like that's life. Like that's like your journey, you know? Um, And you're super young. And, you know, these are just your issues that you have to deal. So it's not like you're a terrible person or less than or anything. But you just have some stuff that you should work on and focus on. And I don't know, I shouldn't be like lecturing you so much because like you're not in that place yet. (laughs) Maybe I'm annoying. Yeah, no, (laughs) I know what you mean, though. Like, and all all the things you said, like, and that's what I'm struggling with now. Like, I have thought, but I don't know, I guess I'm still kind of hoping that I don't have to live a sober life I can control it but you know as time goes on it's starting to see that I have no control I can't just have a couple drinks but I still have hope that maybe I could get there one day yeah just you know what just in the meantime while you're drinking at home it's good that you drink at home it's good that you have a boyfriend right now that maybe slows you down a little bit it's good that you have a job that you can't drink on but like if I were you I'd see that therapist or somebody else at least once a week if I were you I'd try to just check into a meeting once a week like if that you know and just and if I were you I'd just like put the thought in your head like maybe you should quit you know and and just think about a little bit more and like you know do little things here and there and just have that and I think that you obviously do right because you wrote me and you called it and you're talking about this you know but keep that part of you still going because hopefully that smart part of you that is a part of you right the 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 I think it's the real you you know that sort of knows you have a problem will uh win out in the end and and get you the help that you need because you do need help you do need to quit drinking 100% like and there was one girl on before Amber I think who I was like I don't know if you really have a problem but like I have no problem telling you that you really do <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's very, uh, you're not just like a normal millennial that's having fun and drinking, you know? So, you know, try to just stay in therapy, go to therapy, like go go to therapy. You need, you need to be, and it is good. It's great. It's like one day week. If you do it at least once a week in some places, just talk about yourself. Like, how's that not fun? You said you liked it right in the past. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's it's a third party that, you know, is unbiased, you know, they, they're not gonna, your friends will tell you kind of what you want to hear, what to, will make you feel better, but um, sometimes you just need someone away from that. Yeah, and when you're in therapy, like, would you talk to your therapist about all your drinking stuff? Like, did you talk about, like, going to meetings and all that kind of stuff? Sometimes, it de- I don't know, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, sometimes, you know, I, if I don't want to, like, if I'm in a mood where I don't want to quit right now, I'll kind of cover everything up, but yeah, then yeah. I'll have my days where I do want to quit and I'll just open up about it, but it kind of depends. Okay. Jamie, Julie, something with a J. I know. I just like, what was your name again? <laughs> Julie? <laughs> Julie. Julie, you can just, call, just call me J now. <laughs> I know. It's, I keep thinking Jamie for some reason, but it's Julie. I'm like, we're already talking an hour, 10 minutes. I could talk to you for five hours. This is like one of my favorite topics because I, cause I lived it like, and I know it, especially with women. So it's just always like, I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't even know if like I get to the point. I don't even know if I do a good podcast when it comes to this subject because I think I talk a lot about myself and I'm all over the place because, you know, <laughs> it's something that I know so well through experience, you know. Yeah. Um, but and I don't know if like 
I, but I don't even think you called for help. Like, I don't know if like, and we, you know, if like we got to the point or if we just talked in circles, but I think it's always helpful to hear like people's story as far as like what they're doing with drinking. Like my friend used to say like an AA meeting is like just talking to another person about like your drinking thing. So it's like, we just had an AA meeting, <laughs> just you telling your stories, yeah. <laughs> you being honest about yourself is like, you know, as good as you going to a meeting. So, you know, and it, I think it, you know, it can help somebody else through listening to your stuff. Um, but hopefully what mm-hmm. I hope is that you listen to this episode you know, maybe, you know, when I post it as well as six months from now, and maybe, you know, you it it helps you get to the point where you need to be, which is quitting drinking for good at, at, you know, and keep me posted. When you do if if that bottom, I'm I'm actually you just said, yeah, you just said six months from now. And I just I can't even wrap my head around where I'll be in six months. So I'm curious for that as well. <laughs> yeah, we can't wrap our head around where you'll be in six months. I'm sure you'll have a lot more stories. So, but like definitely like for me, cause I'm a lot older than you, six months will fly by in two seconds. It'll be six months from now, but you please let me yeah. know six months from now um, where you're at. If anything happens mm-hmm. before then, you know, check it and let me know. But um, if not, check in in six. I'm going to check in with you in six months to get a where are they now episode out of you. Find out. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully you won't be drinking, but be careful. Try to be careful if you can. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for calling in, Julie. Yeah, I will. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Kathy. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story? lifestyle or situation you can't talk about to anyone to anyone or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show well strictly anonymous wants to hear from you send us an email strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name and remember everything is strictly anonymous strictly anonymous